My name is Julie Kraft and I have bipolar 2 disorder. I'm Shaylee Hugendorn and I live with bipolar 2 disorder. I was diagnosed 10 years ago at the age of 36. I was told of my diagnosis and I remember being relieved but also terrified. I know um, the perceptions and the stigma that goes along with it. I started sharing my story about four or five years ago. I decided to come forward and start sharing. It's led to me meeting the most amazing people walking the same path. So we had talked about collaborating. My greatest hope is that others will hear our stories and feel less alone. We can offer insight and give the world a real life living example of what bipolar disorder can look like. This is bipolar. This is Bipolar. Hi there, thank you so much for joining This is Bipolar. Welcome to part two of an episode that we have filmed about how to support and love someone in your life who is struggling with a mental health issue. Um, we're gonna dive right back into the conversation. So here we go. I'd love to shift gears. It's really hard for us because our main friendship relationship is our husband, but I would like to specifically talk about like try as hard as it's going to be because they're, you know, our pretty best friends is to talk about friendships. So I'm going to try and think about, you know, high school to now. Yeah. And I'm going to try and think about also family members because I'm super close to my mom, my dad too, in a different way, but my mom and a lot of the times, especially in the beginning of my marriage, because I wanted to be a good wife and, you know, uh, whatever that is, um, <laughs> uh, I took it more out on my mom. And because your parents are supposed to be there for you forever, da, 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 and my mom is actually a very, um, her percent, she avoids conflict or anything. So she probably should have, you know, because it set a boundary for me for future relationships. So if you're a parent or brother or sister, you're actually, um, when you set boundaries or you, you're teaching and setting them up to have successful relationships. Yeah. So even if it's totally uncomfortable for you, think about it and you're like, oh, you're seeing them that your words or your boundaries are making them cry. Or you think making it worse, yeah. think about future, yeah. like you're actually helping them. Right. Yeah. And so I think about that. I love, um, to talk about some, friend struggles and some stories you tell yourself about friendships or when do you have common themes or feelings that come up in friendships that you think are probably you know deeper or uh, rooted in a lot of the um, negativity that are an anxiety that our bipolar brains tell us I would love to hear about your struggles in friendships maybe even starting in your 20s if you can think of it I'm going back into my 20s and even into my mid-30s I would say my biggest challenge was in my darker more depressive episodes I would find it nearly impossible to return um, phone calls or emails or even answer the door and so I know now that that left so many of my friends feeling you know ghosted or unwanted or you know they were probably questioning you know does she even want to be my friend um the problem was I wasn't at a place where number one I understood what was going on with you know my brain I did not know I had bipolar disorder and I was unable to share with them you know what was going on with me so I think it just led to feelings of guilt and shame on my part as a friend that I was the worst friend on the planet 
And then also this massive confusion on their end. And I do get so many messages from people saying, you know, I have a friend I've reached out. I've heard nothing. I reached out again. I heard nothing. Do they want me to keep reaching out? Am I bothering them? And so thankfully now, since coming forward with my closest friends, I have been able to share, you know, I have this diagnosis and I get overwhelmed easily. And if you don't hear back from me, it's nothing against you. And I know you've even shared that sometimes when you don't have the capacity to respond to someone, you can just, sometimes you send them a heart and it just sends the message. I see you. I hear you. I love you. I can't respond right now, but please don't take it personally. And the other struggle that I would like to think I'm getting better at is setting boundaries and saying no. Mm. And so I'm the ultimate people pleaser. So in the early days, I would commit to doing anything under the sun. I once <laughs> did not want to do this, but said yes to a lady who wanted me to paint her entire living room. Never in a million what? years did I want to paint her living room, but I did not want to disappoint her. I did not want to say no. So there I was spilling paint, slopping all over her carpet. She ended up not liking the paint job I did because part of it was like a faux <laughs> plaster effect. And it just, I wanted to avoid her. I was angry that trickled into my family life. Um, and sometimes with friends, I, you know, haven't been able to say like, look, I'm maxed out my schedule. I can't meet you for coffee. Um, you know, I haven't been able to be honest and just say that. So in the past, I would, you know, admit to attending all sorts of functions or coffee dates. And then I would end up getting angry and resenting that person out of no fault of theirs. And so that was always a struggle as well. So thankfully, now I've learned it's okay to say no without a 50 foot long excuse. Um, it's not selfish. And actually, I think we've talked about this, that you really value and appreciate when someone mm. is able to give you a no, because it signals to you that they feel safe mm -hmm. and that um, they're able to be their authentic self. Yeah. And, you know, and it feels like they're telling me the truth because sometimes we, another um, symptom we have is that we, we, you know, anxiety can make you paranoid, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and I did love what you said, and I'd love to do the flip side because this yeah. is the part that I find so interesting where we're so different because yeah. we're also introvert. Yeah. I'm extreme ex extrovert, right? So you go in, I know, and I knew this from very young. I don't know if it's because I had a big family or what, but I've always struggled with being, a. I used to struggle with being, no, I still do, being alone <laughs> for long periods of time because- uh, because I can spiral really quickly. And especially with uh, uh, kind of a common theme with depression and mania is that everything sucks. Like, and that just sounds like minor, but like, no, like nothing's ever going to get better. This is it. Do I even want to participate? And I now see it. It wasn't, we get really confused as soon as we say anything to do with suicidal things, but it, ideation is different than thoughts or planning. And now I can recognize that they are like just thinking, what's the point? And I didn't want to die. I didn't want, um, you know, to disappear anything. I didn't think about hurting myself, but I just think, what's the point? And is this worth living? And I might as well just like give up. Mine was a big thing is like, like I might as well just go to sleep or stay in my bed because the world's too scary and, and all of these things. So, but because I love company so much and I love just being with people. And in fact, it, it, it used to be kind of unhealthy. Like I kind of think like, even if I experienced like a sunset, if I didn't have someone to experience it, it's like, I was 
out of body and like it didn't matter or happen if I couldn't experience it with someone. But not everybody has that capacity to hang out with you all the time. So I feel the story I tell myself is I feel real like clingy and annoying. And I've always feel like I like my friends more than they like me. And I find yeah, yeah. So I would have like, it would have been hilarious if we were no, wrong (laughs) word, it would have been terrible. But I think like in hindsight, yeah, it because I would have been like, she hates me. Right. So it's like, but, you know, now understanding different, different people. And uh, that's why I'm drawn towards people that, um, you know, that are introspective and deep and are doing work. And, you know, into that, I have a hard time um, hanging out with or, or being friends with people that don't talk about their feelings or I I go deep fast. Right. And so, but also sometimes, um, you know, when I was manic, if a friend would like disappoint me or let me down, or I'd get into a, and no fault of their own and sometimes made mistakes. Right. And it was valid that they really hurt me. Um, but, uh, and if we couldn't talk about it, you talked about the resentment that I think there was a couple friendships that I walked away from and I made I couldn't see their point of view and I made them the villain and I, every little thing they do did that I could look back and think half of it wasn't bad, but I could take the bad side of it and twist it. And even sometimes tell other people that, and that they were, you know, terrible because uh, another thing is, is I don't trust myself. So I had this negative um, thing that I've really worked on and I'm happy to say that I don't do it very often anymore, but I don't want to be alone also in my thinking. So if I'm angry or frustrated or whatever, I feel like in order to validate it, someone else has to feel the same way. So I try and convince people to feel the same way. So I have someone on my side, even if there's not a a side. And I think, um, yeah, I think it's a real, uh, a a real hard thing. And same with, um, yeah, I just felt like I, I, I give everything. And that brings into something you said before about how our family or other people in our lives um, that we're most comfortable with get the brunt of it because I want to be the perfect friend and I'm a good friend and I strive to be a good, trustful, loyal friend. And I will drop everything to the detriment of my family sometimes and make plans on important, like, oh, we'll just move your birthday because this my friend needs me or things like that. Um, to, so I harm other people in these close friendships and I go so deep, so fast. I know in the past, as much as I want, think everyone likes me. Um, (laughs) I think that those friendships where I overwhelm them, right. Because all of a sudden, like I am so, uh, I attach quickly. And that was a real struggle in romantic relationships too, about not wanting to be alone. I got into some really not awesome situations and would not give up just even though they were bad um, because, you know, I didn't want to be a quitter or because I just give everything so fully. So I thought I tell myself a lot. And sometimes now, even though I have the, like, I can't even tell you took forever, but have like the bestest friends. um, 
that I can be totally honest and repetitive with. They know my tapes and they'll listen to them. <laughs> and we have uh, a way of doing that is we found, um, because for some reason I have a bunch of introvert friends because deep people are sometimes introverts. <laughs> and I always feel like exactly like I'm too much for them, but we found ways um, through, we have a WhatsApp group and we have a Mark, I have Marco Polo with some people where it's video, they watch and respond when they can. This yeah. technology that would have helped probably a lot of friendships when I was young, younger, because when I need someone, I need them immediately. And when I don't sleep, it's in the middle of the night and da, 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 da. and I used to think that I had, they had to respond, but knowing these friends have told me that yeah. I am important and they will get to it when they can. And it isn't ignoring me, um, uh, that kind of thing. And so we'll send the heart so they know that I got it, but I feel so safe in these spaces that it could be the yeah. middle of the night and I know I'm not bothering them. So I will do it. Yeah. And I know they'll get back to me eventually. But the act of just reaching out sometimes is helpful, even if like knowing I have a space at 3am to say, I don't know if I, uh, you know, I want to go to sleep for a very long time, or I have signal words to friends and my husband and my big one is um, uh, when I'm uh, depressed or manic both, I want to run away. So uh, my thing is, I really like Bowen Island. It's like this hippie island. <laughs> I love it too. 45 minutes away from Vancouver on a ferry. And being an extrovert, it would probably be terrible to live there because there's not very a ton, a ton of people. But my um, like code word to my husband, and I've told my friends as well, like I'm moving to Bowen Island. And then they know it's, it's severe. So yeah. yeah. Do you have any... I mean, it's, it must be hard for you. Tell me about friendships because I don't know if all our um, listeners know, but you move a lot and have moved a lot. Move so a how lot. does that work with friendships for you? We have just moved to Arizona and one of our goals was to get involved in our local church and join a small group. And so we did that within the first few weeks. It was a bit scary and terrifying, but we have connected with the most amazing group of supportive people. And I remember showing up that night going, Ooh, I'm going to have to introduce myself. How much of my story am I going to share? And I felt so safe the very first night. I know this doesn't always happen, but I shared my bipolar diagnosis. I told them that I advocate. And I mean, it was amazing. They, they, you know, didn't seem to bat an eyelash. Um, and, you know, they're very supportive of everything that I do. For me, the best strategy now is I'm pretty much an open book. Um, I, go, I like to go deep really fast too, just like you. And so, um, you know, if it's someone that I'm feeling like I really want to um, foster a friendship, it won't be long before I do, you know, let them know about my mental health. What would be your tip um, cause that's what you could do yeah. what would be your tip. Cause I know lots of people and we'll do this at the end. Let's round up the, the tips just because a lot of yeah. the people that listen may not <laughs> know bipolar brains. So yeah. we'll, we'll try to be succinct. Yeah. But, um, uh, how, what about pre-diagnosis friendship? Like how oh, could someone yeah. be a friend to you, right? Knowing that, you know, that, you might bail on a lot of things, right? Yeah. Knowing that you might not get back to them, knowing what, um, yeah, how can they be a good friend to you and not even, 
yeah, how could they have approached you to get more? Because I mean, like you said, we're advocates. And in fact, sometimes it yeah. forces, like even the other day, it forces people, especially you're an author. You, as soon as you say an author, your book, right? Yeah. I do. I'm an advocate. I do a podcast and everyone, as soon as you say advocate are all like, you're so amazing. That's so (laughs) important. And then you get to the next step. Yeah. What's it called? You don't always get the same reaction. Right. So, oh, and then one thing I wanted to add to that, go back and listen to the Sharice episode, everybody, because the awesome thing that she says about telling people is the whole, she says, and um, uh, loved pe- loved ones can use this as well when they're talking to people, depending on how open their person is. But did you know that my partner had like you give a question so that they actually have a response? They could yeah. say no, I didn't, or yes, I did. So then they have something to say. So when they don't, they at least have something to say, yeah. right? Yeah. So, anyways, but yeah. I do want to talk about because I. I just said like, it would have been hard for me to be friends with you because oh, I would have been so hurt hard. and all of those and take it personal, but That's, what, yeah. you know, how, yeah. What could they have said or what? Um, yeah. Just, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm going to be the first to admit I was a crappy person to be friends with back in the day, unreliable, unresponsive. And so, yeah, I, I, I would have probably hurt your feelings greatly, but um, I think the key points would be um, don't stop calling, even though you might not hear back from me. Um, we do get your messages. Um, you know, even if we're not in the best place and we can't respond, we do read them and hear them and listen to them. So yeah, for my friends to keep reaching out, um, it would have been tempting for them to stop inviting me to things because half of the time it would be a no or no response at all. So, um, yeah, it would have been great for them not to give up on me. Um, and I guess it's just so tricky, but, um, not stop calling, but at the same time, give me space. Right. (laughs) If that makes sense. Um, It does like not every day and not, um, not an expectation. I've had people that, you know, in deep depressions that are more introverted and go in and not, not like me who goes out say that no pressure to write back and not a guilt trip either, but I love the, yes, no pressure to write back or um, just a simple message. I'm thinking about you. I care about you. Um, yeah, no pressure to call me back. I just wanted to reach out and give you a virtual hug. I hope you're doing well. And, um, I would love to get together at some point. I think another thing is I didn't answer the phone back then because I knew I wouldn't be able to set a boundary if I was asked something in real time on the phone. And so, you know, the worst thing they could have said is I have something really big to ask you. Call me back. (laughs) I'm never calling you back. I just keep fast forwarding to now. It's just night and day difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think maybe that comes. Just yeah. And I later. think people get hurt too, from my perspective is because not to be braggy, but I'm like super fun and people, <laughs> the hard part is people you are to be friends when you're manic before, before, and sometimes after, because you are a, when you're doing the, you know, high manic part and yeah. not always the hard manic part we never ever ever want to romanticize it but um yeah I'm a wild fun like I'm funny I think um for people like I'm fun to be around but also too 
like I try to be a really good listener and I think I struggle with friendships is that sometimes um, because I'm so open and go deep so fast is that I become best friends with everyone and I think and then I felt like I had to pour into everyone because I didn't want to hurt them how I would be hurt and I overwhelmed myself where I had no nothing left for my close people or whatever I was like oh especially if I'm a I'm a like empath want to fix and be there for people I would put my own needs my family's needs aside and think or think they only had one other person we have grandiose thinking when we're hypomanic and think we're the best or amazing so I would think I'm the only person that could help them and I would run myself into the ground so I think like yeah I think that one's that one's a hard one and I think yeah when you can communicate but also too I've had to learn in my life to know like you know how you say there's friends for a reason a season a lifetime or friends that are like I have friends that I can call that are spontaneous and would go out I have friends that I need to give this much notice and I think just having um and I think that's what like the millennials and the next one that I don't know the name of um (laughs) uh, are so so much more open in their feelings and there's more support and such I think yeah just the same thing with communication and now Shaylee I am gonna flip the tables and ask you the same question but in reverse because I know you've shared that you're a very different extroverted friend than I am so if you could give some tips yeah yeah so I think the reassurance right reassurance um and and one of the things that my friends do is if I forget to say the story I'm telling myself or whatever if I just say everything's terrible I'm a terrible person they'll or I'll say um something like mean about myself or something that um is a lie that my brain has told me, um, my, my friends say, uh, my few closest friends say, you know, I, I, or I reject that. I love you, but I kindly reject that. Or same with, I have a problem with over-apologizing and they're like, Uh well, I'm not accepting that apology as kind as it was because it wasn't needed or no apology needed. And I think finding the thing. So if I'm, you know, um, I don't want to say too much. If I, if, I'm looking for more that you can give. We found things, like I said, the WhatsApp or the different ways for me to be able to tell you. And then my job is to, you know, give that space until, until they can also to like, um, yeah, invite me to things and, uh, you know, um, do things or give me hope that we're going to have something to do soon. Cause sometimes I feel panicky when there's, I feel panicky when there's no plans on my calendar. Like I cannot even tell you how this, how summers as a teacher, having them all off and not everybody else to giving me something to look forward to, even if it's a walk and, or I feel less clingy. If you can tell me what you can give. And I mean, not like I can, like, you know, um, I have, you know, I have a week off this week, I can do something that week, or, um, you know, my kids are, are busy, this, this, and this, but do you need me to call or whatever? And then once in a while, like, if you can, and I'm in total crisis, just showing up for me, I'll remember that for all the times that you might not be able to, because we have kids, we have all the things. So I think that, and I, Uh, yeah and I just think also too like I'm comfortable enough and these are my tight friends to say you know what what um what's going on in your brain and when they um 
learn something new or also if they're like, cause they're learning to advocate and they're like, Hey, I said something the other day, tell me your wins with being able to talk about your mental health and, and, yeah. you know, yeah, just the reassurance and find out the, we look up love languages or whatever, cause gifts or cards or, or even when people send me a picture of something in the store, like this made me think of you knowing that people are thinking of me because I think of my friends so much. It makes me feel, um, you know, it helps combat the lie that I like everyone more than they like me. Let's think back to the ones that we said and like, just break them down into titles. So communication, saying what you need. Yes. Having the, the code words knowing that you're not going to fix them or be able to um, um, get them help if they don't want it, right? Yep. Affirming, assuring, and not always keeping score. Yep. Put on your oxygen mask, um, seek support however you need it, because you've got to take care of yourself first so that you can, you know, be a support system to the people you're living alongside have key words or phrases um, that signify that you're struggling or that can de-escalate. Oh, I thought of a new one. I'm sorry, succinct people that want us to wrap this up. This is bipolar. We have to. Um, I forgot the one about writing down. So when I was really bad, so uh, I can explain, like uh, my husband and I have a book that we write back and forth to each other because then I can read his feelings because we got to go back to their feelings too about things and we have to go back so we write it down or now we're so lucky we have texts and things when I've had the moment of introspection even if it's like at a weird time I can write it down and he can see it more because I'm calmer because if I'm mad or manic I can't write it down that much or record I record myself um so yeah communicating in a different way because sometimes we don't have words sorry let's go back to the other one did we talk about setting healthy boundaries for yourself yeah setting like you said the oxygen mask and I think yeah yeah I think that um modeling that also means modeling the type of relationship you want and that goes with friendships and parents and brothers and sisters and such or chosen family you modeling being doing things to keep your um because we all have mental health your mental health well will help your person possibly want to do that and if you're someone oh you thought of one go the goggles yeah do it through the lens of you know your loved one or friend does have a mental health struggle a diagnosis it's biological and so to always sort of keep that perspective will help you not to take things so personally um, and also maybe offer a little more grace when it's yeah. needed. And we will have things again. And it's okay to be disappointed that there's, some people call them relapses. We mostly call them episodes um, because I think relapse makes me think that I'm well, but maybe relapse from stability. I don't know, that one confuses me, but um, yeah, that it's that it's ongoing. And if you're someone that's listened to all of this and think that's not going to work and my person is is too far gone or not like some of your boundaries might have to be to remove yourself until they're well and I know that's so hard and I I don't even even saying it I don't even know if I could do it but um you you know you have to you have to take care of yourself and I'm really sorry if this doesn't um seem helpful but uh, 
take care of yourself first, reach yeah. out, get the help you need. Cause if you're not in a good place, you're going to be of no, um, 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 help to, yeah. to, uh, another. And yeah, we're just, yeah. uh, we're this, it felt better than I thought it was going yeah. to, I knew it was going to be helpful and I knew it was going to be hard, but I think Julie and I's goal is to not walk away and think that we're terrible because we still struggle with all of the things we've talked about. So Absolutely. thank you for loving us and for yes. sticking by us and for listening because this is bipolar. This is bipolar. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode. You can find previous as well as future episodes on YouTube for the video version. You can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Podbean. And we spend most of our time where you can join our community and interact on Instagram at this.is.bipolar. It is so helpful if you enjoy our work or think it would be helpful to someone if you could like and share and save and follow us in all or any of those spaces. Another thing that's really, really helpful if you're a listener for the podcast, if you could leave a review, we would be forever grateful. Again, thank you for being here with us. Let's get the word out. Let's share lived experiences so that we can change the ideas that people have about bipolar and help those of us that live with it feel less alone. See you next time.